Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. Yeah, and just like I'm not overly confident and overly comfortable talking about this kind of stuff because I'm not an expert in it by any means. Jeez. I mean, (laughs) I'll tell you something, but this makes you laugh. When I was in high school and they were offering typing, I literally decided to take a different elective because I didn't think I would ever need typing skills because I was just looking at it and, you know, this kind of dating myself as well, but I was just kind of looking at it and I got, ah, you know, I'll just write the paper and then other people can type it up for me. And so that was my mentality in high school. And, you know, and that was in the eighties and geez, how stupid was that? (laughs) (laughs) Times have changed. (laughs) Yes, they have. Boy, I've had to teach myself how to type and that's been, well, I, I, I think I'm okay at it now, but geez, for a long time there, I was really struggling. I resisted computers for as long as I possibly could. And ironically, my older brother just latched onto him right away and became a cyber guy. And he did all sorts of IT networks and stuff like that for Cisco and things like that. So, but yeah, no, I took a different path and uh, (laughs) it's all good. We can't all do the same thing, right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even my first couple of years in the military, I was like, man, I'm trying to type up these reports and I'm doing the little finger punching thing. Uh, hunting peck. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hunting peck. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, yeah. great way to describe it. And I was like, Oh yep. geez, this is just painful. I gotta, I gotta get smart on this stuff. So, yeah. all right. So back to where we were now, based on where most of it, and I've done a number of podcasts recently, especially talking about kids and physical security. And I've done everything from, we took a couple of congressmen all the way down to Panama to talk about the way that immigrants are bringing children all the way through Colombia and Panama and, and Costa Rica and all the way up there. It's like almost like literally a physical trail of tears. And so, you know, I've dealt into that. But to me, the most damaging areas of, of any kind of crime to me are crimes against children. Because if you look at most criminals nowadays, many of them started as having very, very difficult if not abusive childhoods. And when you look at the criminal of today, most of them, well, I shouldn't say most of them, but a lot of them didn't even have the threat of the internet back when they were growing up. So a lot of the abuse that they took was actual physical abuse or sexual abuse, you know, things Mm -hmm. that were physically happening to them. Well, you still have all of those threats to children. And once a child is psychologically damaged because of whatever they physically have to go through, that reverberates for decades and sometimes mm-hmm. generations. And a lot of times someone that, you know, a child that is abused will in the future become an abuser. Mm-hmm. And so the risk to me is just, it's tenfold what it is to an adult. So now you compound that with the problems that you find on the internet and I think that's one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about is what are you seeing in conjunction with the actual cybersecurity that you're providing? Are there areas that you see specifically with children being targeted 
by some of these hacker type of companies, you said, or organizations that are out there working. How many of them actually target children that you know of? Yeah, you know, I don't, we don't talk about them as having a specific target of children so much. I think that there is a tremendous level of cybercrime that is perpetrated against children. I don't know that the organizations that I'm speaking about so much would care whether the child was or whether the the person was a child or an adult, elderly. They're just looking for a way in. They're just looking to get a payday, sell that data, use that data, leverage that data. It's about the data. That's what's important to them. But I think there is definitely a criminal element that is involved in crimes perpetrated against children for an entirely different intention. Uh, and it's not about data. It's not about that. It's about like what you were talking about, whether they are an abuser of some kind. And so they could use these platforms that a lot of our children are on. You know, Roblox is a big one right now that a lot of parents see their kids on. And I don't know, like the games we played back in the 80s were more fun than that game looks like to me. But hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the graphics are awful. But the kids love it. It's like Minecraft. The kids love it. And of course, like anything today, it provides chat features. And so you can chat with people anonymously. You can chat with people using their screen names and you don't really know who they are. And so there is definitely a tremendous number of people that are using these platforms. A big one from years ago, and I believe this platform is still around, was Kick. Kick had this problem and there was just so much crime that was circling around just disgusting stuff that was being posted there in private rooms where it was being used for the criminal element to do those types of things that, that a child could definitely stumble upon if they got curious or they got lured into it by somebody. And I think that we as, as parents, especially, and I remember this because my kids were young back in the late 2000s, early 2010, they're 12 and 16 now, so they're getting a little bit older, but I wanted to control everything. Like that was, I'm like, I'm in tech. I'm going to control all this. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's touching anything. I'm going to have total control over this. And I still do have parental controls on a lot of the connectivity. But the biggest thing that I really did when it came to those platforms was educate them. It was educate them because, you know, they're going to get to an age, especially at 16, where you're not going to be able to stop them. Like they're smart enough to find the ways around this stuff. You know, you can put controls on their phones, but their friends have phones and those parents might not have controls. They can go to a friend's house, you know, they can figure out ways. I mean, they're smart enough to know how to reset their phone if they really want to and start from scratch. And if you're not checking it enough. And so I just said to myself, you know, I don't want to be the dad that has to sit there and play big brother all the time to my child. I'm going to educate them. I'm going to educate them. My wife and I decided we're going to educate them on the things to watch out for. My 12-year-old came up to me, started coming up to me a couple of years ago, and she would say, Dad, is this okay? She'd hold her phone up to me and say, Dad, is this okay? And it was always ridiculous stuff where I'm like, yeah, that's not a big deal at all. But I always appreciated that she would come to me and say, Dad, is this okay? Something about this doesn't seem right. Does this seem okay? And I was like, that's great. That's great. I, all of the time that I spend talking to her and telling her, you've got to be careful about this. You've got to be careful about that. I still come home and I give them little scares sometimes. I'll tell them, hey, you know, this app can do this, this. And if you have that app on your phone, you better watch out. <laughs> and the reactions that they both have are, oh, God, I said this to them the other day and they both went and deleted the app, <laughs> which was really funny. <laughs> And I said, well, you know, I got to tell you, like, you, you got to be aware of this. You got to be aware that these things are going on. 
it's definitely helped me that this is my background and that this is the this is what I do for a living because I bring home a lot of that information mm-hmm. and tell them that. And so they're probably more aware than the average child. But I think any parent can walk through. And that's what those videos were really about. Here's some resources to help you as a family sit down and have these conversations. Your kids start becoming of age and you want to have the sex conversation. You got to have the security on the Internet, you know, how to protect yourself on the Internet conversation. It's just as important. Because a lot of bad things, a lot of bad things can happen, whether it's cyberbullying, whether it's them getting hacked, whether it's being lured in by a predator, whatever the situation is, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. You've got to be aware of it. You've got to sit down and have those conversations. So two of the resources, the video a couple of weeks ago was about a Firefox for families. That was one of the resources. And Verizon has a cybersecurity for families resource that my video on LinkedIn today talked about. So there's a couple yep. more that are coming out, just really helpful resources for families to sit down and have that conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I end up trying to think is probably a year, year and a half ago, actually had a FBI profiler. He's the guy that the TV show Criminal Minds is based off mm-hmm. of. A fantastic friend, Jim Clemente. And he was talking, you know, one of his specialties is like child abductions and things like that. But just the danger, the physical dangers of some of the things that, you know, what's the, what's the typical child predator going to look like? You know, the, the kid that's going to, the the type of person that's going to snatch your kid away from a, a park or something like that. And the interesting thing about that conversation is that those exact same people are now moving a lot of their operation, a lot of their targeting onto the internet and their ability to target children is mostly going to be based on the child's ignorance. And if the child is gullible enough to follow somebody into one of those private chat rooms or something like that and build a relationship with somebody that has a cool username, but they actually have no idea who that person is. And, you know, it's not like we can live our lives just in fear all the time because we can't. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you have to educate your children. You have to actually sit down and just like, you know, the sex talk when, you know, when it's time they're entering into the teenage years, you're crazy. If you think your kid is not going to get educated, it's either going to be you educating them or somebody else is going to educate them. I, I think the risks of cyber issues, you know, cyber crimes and cyber targeting, but all of the potential that of kids could get themselves in trouble. And we read about them every day. It's not like it's a secret. So if we're not protecting our children, then nobody else will. Yeah. Well, and and I think it's a lot of us in our generations didn't grow up with dating sites. I never was on a dating site ever. I never used one. I met my wife long before that and just wasn't something that I ever did. And so this is now the world that they're growing up in. And social engineering, and as we talk about it, social engineering is responsible for so many of the hacks that take place against businesses. But it's also the method that's being used against children because they're using terms that attract any kind of a human to them. For example, I think you're very beautiful or you're so fun to talk to or anything that plays into that human emotion that makes them feel this emotional connection. You know, and it kind of sucks to say it, but those are the red flags that I talk to my kids about. Like, you got to watch out for that stuff. Don't make the assumption that this person's being nice to you because they're a nice person. I wish that were the case, but you don't know who they are. You've never met them. And so it's one thing when you meet somebody 
who, you know, through some kind of a mutual forum or community where you get to know them and they say those things to you, that's completely different usually. But when it comes to the internet, you've got to watch out for those types of things because that's how a predator will try to come after you. They will use things to make you feel better about yourself, to make you feel like you're listened to, to make you feel like you're heard, like you're understood. And they will play into it. And you know, it's not just one or two things. It's things that get used over and over and over again. Those are the red flags you really need to watch out for. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff right there. And you can just see it all the time. And it's happening, you know, and, and a lot of it is authentic. And it's important not to just shut that down just because somebody might be using that language. But at the same right. time, properly vetting that person. And, yeah. you know, if you don't legitimately know that kid from school and you know who you're on the game with, then, you know, you definitely need to be wary about things. So, yep. Yep. Cautious. Yes. Exercise caution. And that's what you need to educate your kids about is how to be cautious and to not go around blindly trusting people. You need to verify. You need to verify that. Absolutely. All right. Well, once again, other than LinkedIn and your podcast, again, your podcast is Legends of IT. How else can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So youtube.com at Legends of IT is the podcast. You can find me at LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash Ross Browse, B-R-O-U-S-E. My website, my company's website is continuous.net. C-O-N-T-I-N-U-O-U-S dot net, continuous dot net. So you can find me there. And those are probably the best places if you want to track me down and have a conversation. Awesome. Yeah. Again, I highly recommend connecting with Ross, following him on LinkedIn, because I know that you're active on there and you post a lot of your videos there. And it's a great place to just go in there and network as far as a business goes. So get educated, folks. It's weird that the... IT world, the whole, I mean, uh, you know, metaverse has basically fallen right on its face, but I don't think we're ready for that yet. But it's one of those where the whole, I mean, there's so many, there's so many sci-fi type movies where you have this alternate AI type of a universe that people can go in and out of. Player One is a good example where you just, you have this parallel universe and it's right there next to us. And a lot of it, we have immediate access to. So pretty soon all of our appliances are going to be connected to the internet. And then who knows, maybe they'll develop some AI in there and then they'll all turn against us. Right. (laughs) Let's hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope not. Right on. So Ross, any last minute words of advice for us? Yeah. You know, it's a decision that you have to make to be more cyber smart. Like being cyber smart is a conscious, proactive decision to decide you're going to do things and take the time because you want to prevent these things from happening. Listen, everybody's going to get hacked in their lifetime. It's not something that you can avoid. Everybody's going to have that happen. But the question you have to ask yourself is, do you want that to be just something small, just some little inconvenience that happens? Or is that going to be something that could potentially ruin your life or your family's lives? And the difference is going to come down to what you do today. It's not a lot and it's not terribly expensive. It's not really expensive at all. It's not super time consuming. It's just a few things that you have to do and make that part of your habits on a daily and weekly basis. And you're going to mitigate a lot of your risk when it comes to being impacted by some kind of a cyber event. Fantastic advice, man. Appreciate it. Oh, before we hang up, um, what was that app that you you had your kids delete? (laughs) TikTok. (laughs) Oh, why doesn't that surprise me? 
<laughs> you know, I know there's some people that used to be in some of the pods that we were both in that are doing really well with TikTok. And yeah. yet, ah, man, there's just so much, so much stuff that's coming out about it that is well, just sketchy. I'll be honest with you. I post there. I don't use the app. I don't have any interest in using app, but I post there because it's how I can help to educate people. I have a phone that is just for TikTok. Like it doesn't have connectivity to anything else. You can't like, it's completely locked away. It doesn't touch any of my business stuff. Like everything's locked away. The phone's locked down. <laughs> I don't mess around with it. I don't like it. And I, don't, I personally don't like any of the social media apps. I don't, Instagram's not on my phone. Facebook is not on my phone. I don't want any of that crap on my phone. I keep all of that separate and keep it on a separate device and on a separate network. I take it very seriously. But I also realize that there are a billion people on that platform and a lot of them have no idea how to keep themselves safe. And so I would be doing people a big disservice if I didn't use that platform to push out my message. And that's exactly what I use it for. But when it comes to my kids, I go, listen, I don't want to dictate to you what you can and can't do uh, with respect to your social media apps, but I'm going to tell you what this app can do. Like you need to know it. You need to know it. And I want you to be aware of it because I want you to make the decision. So it was funny once when they heard me, when they heard me say that and they went, oh God, no, that's no good. <laughs> so what did you tell them? <laughs> what, what can TikTok do then? Yeah, it can do a lot. It's marred by a lot of controversy right now because of its connection to the Chinese government, because it's owned by ByteDance, which is a Chinese company. And, you know, given Chinese law, China can effectively have access to any of that data. And they have access into to U.S. users' data. They can get in and they can see the things that you're doing. What I don't like is access to your camera and access to your microphone and these things are just turned on all the time. Now, I'll tell you, Instagram is the same and Facebook is the same and LinkedIn is the same. They all have access to your phone or to your camera and your microphone all the time. You got to decide if you're okay with that. I don't like the connection to China at all. It does bother me, but I don't trust any of the social media companies. I don't like Amazon either. I don't have Amazon Echoes anywhere in my house. They're not allowed in my house. I will not have any of that tech in my home because I don't trust it. And I also am much more advanced than the average user. I have a lot of high-end systems in my home that are tracking things every day. I have a team of people that watch every device in my home 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All they do is look for threats moving in. because They just treat my home the same way they treat my business. So I take it very, very seriously. I wouldn't recommend the average user do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have to be aware, whether it's TikTok or any other social media app, what you're giving access to these apps and decide if you're really okay with it. If you're okay with it, fine. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you have to make that decision and you should be aware of what it can and can't do. Well, and I agree, but the awareness I think is what most people are just completely lacking in. They just have absolutely no idea, you know, and how many people honestly read the terms and conditions of any website that they sign up on. I think it's And nope. that one's a doozy. <laughs> that oh, one's yeah. a doozy. I'm sure it is. Well, and it's interesting, as you were talking about the access to the microphone and everything, I was doing a podcast and I had, you know, my headphones on and it's just like this. So my phone could not hear what was being said on the other side. And yet we were talking about a serial killer. And next thing I know, I'm hearing this noise and I looked down and my phone had heard my side of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And Siri had looked up the top 50 serial killers of the United States and was telling me this just based on the stuff that I was saying. And I didn't even, oh my gosh, you know what? 
Siri just is recording us right now. Yep. Here's my advice. You asked me for what my advice is. <laughs> exactly. If you have an iPhone, open your iPhone and go into settings, go into settings, go into Siri and search. And the very top toggle is listen for the words, hey, Siri, toggle it off. If you really want to talk to Siri, you can keep the second toggle turned on, which is press side button for Siri. Hold in the side button and Siri will listen to you. This way, you're effectively turning that off so that Siri is not sitting and listening to you all the time. Well, there you go, man. All right. Okay, just go, a go little do more that safe now. Right now. <laughs> Look at that. All right. Yeah, I, turned, I had no idea that was even on there. Hey, Siri. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Screw that. Tell, I, tell me in a couple of weeks how many times your phone has started looking things up. right well you know i imagine by now as many times that thing is kicked on they probably have most of my conversations so yeah it's you know as long as you're aware of it if you're okay with it that's cool that's cool as long as you're aware and you're good with it then right on i'm not good with it so i shut this stuff off (laughs) yeah well you know just understanding how to shut it off is a big part of it because i would imagine there's a good percentage of the population that really isn't very comfortable with it. And it's just kind of, I think 98%. (laughs) Yeah. We're almost like numb to it. You know, it's like seeing violence on TV now. It's just something that is just there so much that just doesn't even affect a lot of people anymore. So, yeah. All right, Ross. Hey, it's it's been fun, man. I appreciate you coming on and thanks uh, for having me, you know, spewing out some of this cybersecurity knowledge that you have. It's awesome listening to you on LinkedIn, but, you know, being able to ask specific questions, especially in regards to crime, which is where we're so focused. It bothers me so much that so much of society now is targeting our children and it just Mm -hmm. drives me crazy. So any way we can help the kids be a little safer, I'm all about it. Yep. hundred percent. Thanks for having me. It was a good time and I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. No, I I can tell you're passionate about it. And most importantly, you're very knowledgeable about it. So you're the perfect guest for us. So thanks, brother. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you. I'll see you on LinkedIn. Yeah, on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.